Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I have a guest here with me today that I, I, I'm very excited to have on the show. I think this is going to be a very fun episode. I had no idea what to expect when we got on a call, but everything so far has definitely exceeded my expectations. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So Tom Camp, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so I like to start off in the same place with all my guests, and that is by making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context that they need to get the most they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us, what is it that you do? And that's a weighted question. Yes, um, it always is. <laughs> it's a weighted question. I mean, the, there's two markets that I currently serve which is one is the marketing community, which is your generic, like figure out how to make money online. Um, yeah, yeah. Which like, I'm just, I'm so super passionate about that because my really quick backstory, and I'm sure we'll get into this more um, in yeah. more detail, is that I was a broke musician playing on the, you know, playing out in bars for tips and beer money to I packed up my shit, moved to Thailand, and within six years earned the, won the two comma club award and lived literally my, the life of my dreams abroad. And I know that there's probably a lot of lifestyle marketers out there that do that. Um, I traded in what would be the Lambo for the tuk-tuk in, in Asia and the, <laughs> and the rickshaw. Um, so like, I'm not like that kind of guy, um, but I've certainly had the results to where I own my time and have completely bought freedom. Yeah. And if you wanted to be the Lamborghini guy, you could be. Yeah. Yeah. So like I did that, but also I started selling services and I sold services to all different um, agency services to all kinds of different people. Uh, primarily, my big one was real estate recently. Um, but if I'm being honest, I'm not passionate about it at all. And I've kind of hit the stage in my life where I'm like, okay, like I'm making a lot of money doing it, but I don't love it. So I'm in that transitional period right now where I'm really, I think I'm trying to transition into like, okay, I'm going to do the full-time coaching thing, but there's a level right. of fear there because to be honest with you, I kind of hate most of those guys. Like they're really obnoxious on the internet. Like there's so many people who are full of shit. Like, am I about to be the first successful marketer that wasn't homeless or, you know, had a drug problem or like whatever <laughs> Or was insane. in prison for however long. Like, or was in prison for like 50 years. Like there's always some crazy exaggerated backstory. And then when you do a, the tiniest bit of digging, you're like, wow, like that's just flat out not true. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I really, I want to get into that space because I love it. Like, and the other thing is when you're working with real estate agents, it's not really transformational for me to add 
another hundred thousand dollars to their bank account like it's not that transformational they're already they already do their thing you know i had a couple extra you know hundred a couple extra hundreds of thousands of dollars to their bank account in a year but it's like it's really not life-changing where when i find that i take some of my friends because i've been like consulting and coaching my friends on marketing um Mm. just guys who want to like oh dude i want to do what you do and i've been like all right yeah man i'm gonna help you out like watching a friend earn their first ten thousand dollars in like a week or two is so transformational to them and then the impact Mm. makes me feel great like i love it so those are the two markets that i serve okay I absolutely love that. I think I think that's really cool. One thing I want to highlight about what you said before I jump to my next question mm-hmm. that I had in mind. You said you made uh, you made two comma club in six years, correct? Yeah. Is so that- we actually did the two comma club um, in sixty days. The funny thing about my six years in Thailand is that the first the first four was just like studying and information overload and self-doubt bullshit and right. fear and perfectionism and not launching anything, like dabbling. And then the right, second right. I put my foot on the gas and was just like, you know what, I don't care. Like I got to that apathetic point of like, fuck it, I'm just going to try something. And then <laughs> yeah, right. like, boom, it was like overnight. And I was like, wow, like it was, it's pretty cool. So, um, yeah. Okay. My nice. camera is yeah. doing some weird shit right now because it's a studio display. So I think oh, like, it tracks you. Like basically. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but like so it's it was sixty days, but in reality it was like, you know, four, five, six years. Oh, but, yeah. Because it, 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 and that's funny. And also, you know, all the a lot of uh, like you those coaches you were talking about, they always kind of conveniently leave out that part. Mm-hmm. You know, when they sell their 60-day transformation or whatever course they have, you know, or they're, they're much more accurately pretty much just an upsell to something else. But, yeah. like, you know, they always leave out that part. So, um, okay, so. It become an overnight success. Exactly, yeah. right? <laughs> it, it just doesn't happen over overnight right away. Yeah, yeah. Overnight success There's is only steps that you after. can take. Like, I absolutely believe that every single person in the world is just one or two really good decisions being implemented away from just transforming their lives. Oh, definitely. It just takes one or two really good ones. So like you could yeah. start down that path, but I don't think that it's, um, what's it called? I, I don't think it's feasible to think that it's just going to happen. Like you're going to go from zero to 60. Like you're going to have to coast for a while at five miles an hour before you really take off in my yeah, opinion. yeah. yeah. So, okay, you mentioned something before we started recording that I wanted to follow up and ask you about. And I'm mm-hmm. sure, you know, you talked a lot about this, but I'm, um, I'd love to have it on my podcast as well. You said that you, you created your, your first success, or you created your success mm-hmm. without an audience. Because we're talking a little bit about podcasting. You know, oh, I can't yeah. have a podcast because, you, know, uh, you know, I did it without, you know, an audience. Tell me about that because most most of the rhetoric you see online today in this space is all about audience building, right? And everyone yeah, knows jab, value jab, of an jab, audience. jab, right hook, and then you find out that jabs don't pay your goddamn bills. Like <laughs> that's it, it's a great strategy. Like the value ladder, all of that stuff is a really good strategy. Yeah, it obviously works to a certain point. Like I'd rather start right at the top and figure out whose problem I could solve for the most amount of money that's going to get the biggest transformation out of that and just sell to them. So like a little bit to to give you a little bit of backstory, I started 
doing digital marketing in the MySpace days. Um, I had a band and I wanted to be a rock star, but I couldn't tour because I had a full-time job. So essentially what I did was I just figured out how to digitally market that band online. And this is way before we had any pay-per-click advertising or anything like that. And I just stuck to like kind of relationship marketing fundamentals. And we did like just under 2 million streams in under a year um, Mm. from like nothing. So it was really cool. I learned a lot about it, but I had a bad taste in my mouth from building that audience because we all of a sudden we had a huge, huge, huge audience. Facebook comes around and I'm like, I'm not going on Facebook. Like, why would I waste my time on this new platform when my audience is here? And then I like took two or three months off and I was like, hey, listen, everyone in my space, because like, it was a chore. Like I'm talking 1500 messages a day that I would be like replying to and stuff like that. So I was like, listen, I'm going to take two or three months off. I'm going to go write a record and I'll be back. And in that two or three months, Facebook took off. MySpace became a ghost town. So like I had a really bad taste in my mouth from being like, oh, I don't own my audience. And I lost them. Like, so when it came time to actually start making money online, I was like, oh, I'm going to build an audience again and do all that stuff. And then I just started doing agency services because Every time I read like all of these books and they're like, all right, like go, go teach something. Like I know how to teach things, but I don't want to teach marketing yet because I don't have success in it. I'm living in Thailand on like a $500 a month budget. Like who am (laughs) I to go out there and be like, yeah, figure out how to scale, which is I think an important component that like a lot of marketers skip is like the, wait, let me do the thing first. So then I was like, okay, let me just commit myself to doing agency services. So I ran agency services for uh, a few years and just started getting like clients here and there. And then last year, uh, I ran my biggest offer was when I decided to reframe my agency services because I started off, excuse me, doing social media management, which I figured out how to do that really fast. And in a way that's like, you can schedule like a year's worth of content in a couple days and figure out how to create evergreen content that's engaging, you know, write stories, things like that. I always had a knack for copywriting already because I'm a songwriter. And the job of a songwriter is to elicit an emotional response from the listener that causes them to take the action of liking your song. And the job yeah. of a copywriter is to elicit an emotional response from a reader to take the action that you want from your from your words. So it's the same thing. So I already kind of had a little bit of a head start with that. So once I just started applying like my songwriting frameworks to copywriting, I was like, oh, this is easy. It's creative. It's fun. So I did social media management. Then I decided, oh, like this is a bit of a pain in the ass. Let me try doing SEO. So I started doing SEO, um, learned a lot about that. And then I was like, oh, this is like really labor intensive. Um, I don't want to do the work on it. I just want to understand the concept. So then I started like kind of bringing people in to handle the labor side of that. Um, then I went from there to going, I want to learn Facebook ads. And it's funny because the first, it was what, 2019, October, 2019, I bought in the cat house, Facebook ads course, and it was $1,800. And I remember how big of an amount of money that was like, oh my God, this is such a huge investment in myself. I can't believe I'm about to do it. Like it was, it was crazy. Um, and then I did that. I learned Facebook ads. And then COVID happened. And then, yeah, like most people, I got depressed just being kind of locked in the house, especially in Thailand, because like they closed the borders. So we were used to like traveling. 
And that's when I started scaling beyond like the 10K a month. All of a sudden we were making like between 10 and $15,000 a month, but we had no way to spend it because we had nowhere to travel to. And um, I, I kind of specialize in what I like to call optimized laziness. I try to figure out the best, most efficient way to do something. So at the time that we're making 10 to $15,000 a month, um, I'm not like really working. I'm probably working maybe, maybe 10 hours a week. Like most of my time, I'm just sitting around playing like video games, hanging out, going to restaurants, like just relaxing, so to speak. Um, So I was like, wow, this is really cool. So then last year I bought into Dan Henry's coaching program and that was $23,000. And that was like, and I remember like calling my parents, my parents are like, you're going to, you're going to pay some guy $23,000 to talk to you on the phone 12 times. Like, <laughs> Give me a hundred bucks. Call me once a week. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> so anyway, I did that. And through that, I started like, I'm, I'm taking his coaching program while at the same time reading Alex Hermazzi's a uh, hundred million dollar offers. And I ended up coming up with this idea where I was like, okay, look, I want to go into the marketing coaching. Cause I think I'm ready for that but I have a really good idea for a real estate offer. So, and Dan was like, dude, just do the real estate offer. Like there's already enough marketing coaches and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, but like, I really want to do the real, like, I don't want to do the real estate thing anymore. Like, and he was like, but it's a good offer. Like, just try it. So I ended up deciding apathetically um, after Black Friday, like after between Thanksgiving and Christmas, where all sales other than retail go to die. I was like, I'm just going to make a webinar I'm not going to give a shit about it. I'm going to fire up the camera. Whatever the take is, it is. I'll cut up the video. I'm going to film a commercial. I'm going to write out a couple of emails. I'm going to launch this thing in like a weekend. So I did it with the hope that it would fail. I'm like, I want this thing to fail. Because then it would give me the permission that I need to just go out there and do the marketing thing that I want to do anyway. So I launched the offer. And the offer is essentially that I um, build them their own lead source. And I use language that makes sense to them. And I get them on the phone and I pitch them. I start changing the price on the phone. I'm like, it's 20,000, it's 25,000, it's 30, it's 42.5. And I ended up doing, I spent $3,600 in ads and I sold $75,500 worth of services in like two weeks. And it was during the time where everyone pretty much said, oh, I can't do it till next year. But it just took like two or three of the big sales. And then I had like one or two built in like down sales that a couple of people took me up on um, that got me to that number. So then I was like, shit, I got to keep doing the real estate thing. Like this, this worked really well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like, that's kind of my, my journey with that. Oh, but to relate it back to your original question, the reason why I wanted to say that to you is because I don't have an audience of realtors at all. Like I've been just some guy posting about traveling in Thailand. I haven't really built up a big social following because like, like I said, I got a bit of a bad taste in my mouth from the MySpace issue. Um, And like, I just never really did that. I post once in a while about marketing, but for the most part, I'm just posting about food and stuff like that. When I actually went to run the ads, everybody was telling me that I needed to do a cold DM strategy. Like, like you don't have any any success yet. So go out and do the DMs, like cold DM people. And I'm just like, no, man, like 
to me, that was like the thing that I didn't do in my MySpace days that made us successful was every other band at the time was like kicking down your profile and being like, hey, listen to me. And it's like, no, like that's not the way to get results. So I started thinking about it objectively from two two areas. Number one, I put myself in the realtor's position. And I'm just like, first of all, like no one likes that. It's kind of like you're in the middle of having dinner and then all of a sudden they open the door and they're like, hey, man, like, I hope you're enjoying your dinner. You want to you want to hire me? Like, please give me money. You're begging for money. And then the other side of that is that when you run an ad and they book a call with you, you're now in the driver's seat of that like negotiation. Like you're in the driver's seat. They came to you. You're not asking them. So I knew that psychologically it was going to be more powerful to get on a sales call from that position. So I'm like, to me, I like ads. I'd rather pay to get you on the phone than to beg you to give me some time. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I started with ads and yeah, took off. That's amazing. So like, ads were kind of the way that you were able to bypass the need for an organic audience. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying organic doesn't work. Like the thing is, is I don't want to go post a bunch of content that's going to like relate to realtors. Cause I don't really relate to realtors. So right. when it comes time to actually launch, launch my marketing, you know, whether it's marketing coaching or courses or something like I have a lot of knowledge about that stuff. I haven't quite figured out my angle. Like I'm either, I could do the generic, like, let me show you how to sell high ticket, which like it works. So that's why I would do it personally. I hate the phrase high ticket. Like every marketer in the world acts like they like created this thing called high ticket. It's just fucking expensive. Expensive has been around since like a caveman decided to trade something for something else and ask for more. Like expensive <laughs> is timeless. People have been raising their prices for all time. But marketers grab a phrase and they grab a term and then all of a sudden it was like, wow, I never thought of high ticket. It's like, like what are you talking about? Like, it's just expensive. Um, so that kind of Northeastern Jersey guy comes out where I'm like, ah, oh, that's bullshit. Um, but I know that that would work. Like, I do know that I can go out there and I could teach people how to do it because I know how to sell things for an expensive amount of money. Most agencies are still running a recurring model like I was in the beginning when I figured out how to transform it into a 30K offer. So I'm like, I can go out and teach that. Or I could do the angle of um, quit your desk job and travel the world because I did that. So it's like, that's where I'm at. I'm kind of in the middle of the transitional period where yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, I think I want to finalize the last few real estate clients that I have. Um, get them the results because I, I have that system down so well that I think I want to focus on the coaching and stuff. And then I want to bring in, excuse me, an operator to come in and do the real estate side, rebrand it so that it's not my name. And then I could just be the face of it. Like I can just go out and speak at events like I've been doing or or doing um, doing the sales calls at first, but I'd like to just build like a sales staff and operation team and just treat that like a business not like my own thing and then do the marketing stuff. But yeah, it's kind of hard. It's, it's so much more difficult to walk away from something that you, you really don't feel like you're meant to do. Um, that's generating you success and income. So it's I'm definitely at that odd stage. And Russell talked about this at Funnel Hacking Live. And like, that's what kind of made me snap out of it was he was, he was like, you know, like I was waking up every morning and I'm looking up giant vaulted ceiling and just like, oh, I just don't want to get out of bed. Like, I don't want to do this work anymore. And he said, and I realized 
that it was because the people I was I was serving weren't relatable. Like they weren't my people. And he's yeah. like, and once I did that, I shut down that business, walked away. So there was a lot of like aha there, but it's extremely scary to think about. Right. That 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 makes sense. And it's so funny that you're experiencing this because I feel like everyone has experienced this at some point or at least are going to, right? Where like you find the thing that makes the money, but then you realize mm-hmm. like this isn't this isn't fulfilling. Like I don't want to do this. When you're making the money, you have the means to be like, well, I don't have to do it, right? I can transition and do yeah. something else. Yep. Dan yeah. Henry asked, did our very first coaching call, he asked us, and he was like, um, hey, man, um, would you mow my lawn for $10? And I was like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> yep. He was like, okay, would you mow my lawn for $100? And I was like, no. I don't, I don't mow lawns. I hate going, like, I, I hate that. I'm not doing it. So how about a thousand dollars? And I was like, you might think I'm crazy, but I think the answer is still no. Like, I just really don't want to mow your lawn. And he was like, all right, how about $10,000? And I was like, how big's the lawn? Like, so I can <laughs> yeah. get some details. He's like, all yeah. right, now a hundred thousand dollars. Would you mow my lawn? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, and you'd fucking smile while you did it, wouldn't you? And I'm like, yes. He's like, the key isn't not doing things that you don't want to do. It's getting paid enough so that you're happy to do them. And there's definitely truth in that because that got me through a lot of those like expensive offers. Um, yeah. And I'm still at the at that kind of crossroads where it's like, do you do that? Because it's not bad advice. Like if you could figure out how to get paid enough and and all of that stuff, um, to do it but it's when you got something in you where you're like oh i feel like there's just i i I feel like the problem too is that when you let's say you know let's say you do start a lawn mowing business right where you make a hundred thousand dollars per lawn but you you hate mowing lawns technically but you know you make you're making really good money and you're smiling while you do it because you're making the money eventually that's going to become a normal amount of money like it's not going to be like $100,000 isn't going to become this, oh my, holy shit, I'm going to make $100,000 when I'm doing this. It's like, you know, another day, another dollar, right? And yep. then you go and you do it and it's like, well, eventually the fact that you hate mowing lawns is going to catch up to you. You're going to wake up and there's going to be, you know, $500,000 in your bank account. You're going to be like, fuck, man, like why, why am I doing this? Like, but at this least sucks. then you're able to transition too. Yeah. So then like you've done it and not, so then like, I guess the kind of sweet spot I feel like would be transitioning out of it when you've had enough money to, to support yourself, but mm-hmm. you didn't wait so long that you experienced that extreme burnout because if something isn't, you know, tickling your soul or whatever, right. If you're, which lawn mowing isn't, or, you know, for you real estate, yeah. right. Like if that's not, if that's not there, if that's not what you truly, truly deep down want to be doing, then like it catches up with you over time. Yeah. Especially if you have to spend a lot of time doing it, you know. If yeah, if there's a real estate arm of your business or a lawn mowing arm of your business where you've outsourced that and when people handle it, and you don't really are you're not really involved. Okay, well that's a different story. Then you're making that money you like, but you're not actually mowing the lawns, so like it's fine. But like yeah. if you're actually doing the work, that is then, the like, problem. Is I'm doing the work on the real estate side yeah. um, because I haven't let go of control because everything that I'm doing in that offer is very uh, story driven, very customized. Like that's my superpower is that creativity. So I'm creating ads and emails and stuff like that, that are 
very emotionally driven, humor driven, stuff like that, where I know that I can't really outsource that to somebody unless they're creative, unless they're mm. good at that. Um, so, and, and it depends. It, it just, I sold a few of them and then I was just like, oh, I just don't want to, I don't know. Like I said, I'm in the transitional period. It's, yeah. it's like you hit that first goal and that first milestone. And now I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to do more. And it's funny because a lot of opportunities have come from that. Like in, in the last few months, I've transitioned into actually like owning equity in the other businesses and even having like rev share and other businesses, because I've now been able to go to people and say, Hey, look, this is what I know how to do. This is what I do. I do this. I do this. I do this. Um, like I'm doing something with a guy right now where I came up with like his whole kind of business idea. Like I asked him his talents. We wrote them all out on a whiteboard. I asked him what he wants to do, everything like that. And we came up with this whole brand of investor dads. And essentially it's going to be a coaching program that either teaches them tactics or it's going to be more like the emotional stuff. We're still like flushing through it. Um, but it's like, I'm able to create, this business idea with him where I say like, look, it's very clear to me that you should be teaching investor dads, like how to buy more of their time back. So I can spend their time with kids while making more money without like all the 10 X culture and do, taking 15 ice baths a day and meditating eight, eight hours before they pick up the phone for the first call, <laughs> like yeah, actually right. having the freedom, like let's go after those guys instead of like the 20 year olds who want the Lamborghini and just want to like kick people out of their houses and stuff like that. Like let's actually target, you know, these people. So we end up building that out. And now I have like equity in this, in this funnel. And then same thing. I have another one that I'm doing with my friend, Laura. Um, it's all about like teaching people, teaching copywriters how to get like really uh, high ticket ghostwriting clients because like why, go on Fiverr or go on Upwork and beg for hundred dollar an hour work when you could write someone's book for 10 to 30 grand and do one a month. So like we flush through all that and we're, we're going to be launching that business really soon. And I'm, I'm equity owner in that. And then the person that I won the two comma club award behind me. Um, so I made him the million fast. And then I went to him and I said, listen, I got an idea. You could totally tell me to scram. Um, what do you say we open up another investment company? You handle all of the operations. I only handle the marketing. We stay out of each other's hair and we just see if we can make some money. And we opened that. We launched that um, last year. So that's doing well too. So it's kind of cool because through doing all of these things now, I've got my hands in all these different areas that I would, wasn't expecting. Like I didn't set off to Thailand to be like, let me start a start an SEO agency or take an SEO course. So I can eventually have a ghostwriting funnel and help investor <laughs> dads. Like it's just not, you know, it's not what I set out to do, but it's pretty cool. So that is yeah. kind of the, the, it's neat to be creative and to be open to those kinds of things. And I think the most important thing is like to do something, learn something, get good at it get results and then try to sell it and then try to implement it and then try to brand yourself as the expert. Like there's so many times where I see people where they're just like, I'm the expert at this thing. And then you like start digging through their work and you're like, no, you're not like you, you just started doing this two weeks ago. Like 
I could see that. <laughs> like I'm looking at your, you know, the backlog of your stories or your reels or something. And like, I saw that you just said like two months ago, you bought your first course on Facebook ads and now you're the guy for Facebook ads. Like, so yeah. Right. I, I, I have to say you have an incredibly refreshing perspective on a lot of what we've been talking about because I've definitely talked to plenty of your more classic like coaches or, or entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to meditate for, you know, 80 hours, you know, you got to meditate for how many hours a day and the fucking ice baths and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like that's fine. But like, uh, I don't know. And like, it, it just, the way you've been able to create, you have, there's a real attitude about you where it's like, you do, you know, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right. You do this because this is how you want to do it and you make it work because it's a reminder that there are no rules. As long as you're not breaking any laws, like there yeah, are no they're, rules they're really for honest. how someone can grow a business. Like a lot of marketers will make you think there are because I mean, you know, they have a course on a certain way to do it, so they gotta make you think mm-hmm. that's the only way to do it. It's like okay, I respect the marketing. Dead. SEO's dead because I have a course on email marketing. Email marketing's sure. dead because I have a course on Facebook ads. Like it all works. It just yeah. depends on your angle. It depends on your offer. It depends on the industry. It depends on the audience. But it all works. So like, exactly. there's a lot of that. Like you got to And I get it because like, I, of course I'm gonna do that when the time comes. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna throw rocks at college a lot because I've been doing that my whole life. And I actually do believe that college is like bullshit. I think it's like a complete scam in the US. I want to say that, specify that in the US because of the high cost. But if you want to be an attorney or it's your dream to be a doctor, like you have to go to college. So I have friends who are about to finish up law school. And like for them, the investment's kind of worth it because they're going to be making a significant amount of money as, you know, lawyers. With what and you can't be a lawyer without without it. a degree. Yeah. I want you to be? Like, I, yeah, the, a lawyer I hire, I want to have a nice degree from a nice school. The guy who's going to perform surgery on me or whatever, like, exactly. I'm wanting that guy to have a good degree. So yeah, but like, it's I always think of it like if you're going and you're getting like an English degree or a communications yeah. degree or like an art history degree, that's a scam. That's like a waste of time. Yeah, it's a waste of time. So waste time. When I walked into, oh God, they're gonna kill me if they hear this. Um, I <laughs> lived in Florida for three years. When I didn't make it as a rock star, I thought, oh, you know what? I'm gonna be a recording guy. I'm gonna be a recording engineer, producer, um, which actually started me down my marketing path. But I don't want to get into that. It's a long story. Um, but I go down there in like 2013, and I walk into Full Sail University as an artist. It's the largest recording school, like in in the fucking world. So. I walk in, I'm the artist. My buddy's like, hey, we need an artist to come and record. It's a group of people and it's a group of like five or six students and they record bands as a project. And I was like, well, guys, look like I'm a solo artist. So this will be really cool um, because they had somebody who came who uh, canceled on them the band. Now, I was in Maryland driving down the Florida to move. Me and my girlfriend had two cars full of our stuff. And he was like, hey, like we need a band for tomorrow. I said, what time? He said, 9 p.m. I was like, all right, I'll be pulling in right around like then. Like we <laughs> drove straight from where we were. We stopped at one hotel, slept for like four hours, got back on the road, drove straight to full sail. Like didn't even get in the apartment yet and went, all right, go into the studio. And it was a huge studio. Like I'm talking, this this studio had to be like a five, $10 million studio. It's their A wow. room and it's incredible. Well, I walk in and I'm like, look, 
guys like you guys are going to be able to learn a lot because i'm a one-man band like i'll do the drums i'll do the bass i'll do the piano i sing like i'll do all the guitars like and this is for you to learn this isn't for me to get a song so we ended up having a ton of fun but i noticed that they're kind of struggling and i'm like oh man like these guys are really really struggling with like operating pro tools and and things like that now they were really good with like the really expensive million dollar you know console that i don't have so i didn't really know anything about it because i don't have any experience but what i noticed was when we were working and when we were editing like they really didn't know much and i said to the instructor i was like yeah man like um who actually eventually became like one of my best friends um so i said to my my friend mark and i was like yeah man like kind of sucks like these kids really like have a lot to learn like before they kind of get out there and i was like so like how how much time you know do they have left and he was like dude this is this is their project before graduating and i was just like holy shit and he was like yeah where'd you go to college i'm like fucking youtube it was free like everything that i learned about recording was from just spending like two weeks on youtube or every time i was recording a band i went oh i think i need to do this let me look up how to do it and just go on google and figure it out but these kids are like a hundred thousand dollars in debt they're about to graduate and they don't know their way around the program to save their life so it's i was like wow man like this is this is scammy but yeah they probably know a bunch of like niche theories about recording that they're never gonna have to use again it ah, that's an incredible get story a couple because, of success yeah. stories because like don't get me wrong the knowledge is valuable the information is valuable. There's not enough time for practice, in my opinion, because it's a two-year program. Um, and I just don't think that any 18-year-old in the world is capable of making such important life-changing steps and taking their education like in something like that seriously. It's just overpriced. If it was 20 grand, I'd be like, all day long, like go, go there. You're going to learn some stuff, and then you're going to have to get in the real world and really figure it out. But like 100 grand, and that's most colleges. It's not worth it. So, yeah, my whole reason for moving to Thailand is because I have an office allergy. Like, if I walk into a corporate office, I immediately break into hives. I get the sweats. Yeah, I'm like, right. I don't belong here. Like, <laughs> so my whole thing was just like, I always say that there's two ways to do things. Like, there's the best way, and then there's the better way that no one found yet. Like, I'm always looking for that better way. That's me. Like, I'm like, I'm going to go yeah. move to the mountains of Asia and figure out how to start a business online. And what's crazy is like, and I know that we, you know, we're probably running out of time here, but like, what's crazy is to think about how much resistance I got from family and friends when I first did that. Like, mm. you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Why won't you just settle down? Be normal. Like, be normal, be normal, be normal. Um, and then even two, three, four years in, their voices are still there. Probably like three years. Like, like what's wrong with you? Like, you know, this isn't working. Like, you could be doing this, doing that. Um, like, I got to, I got you know, guys that say like, you could join a union, you could start making $18 an hour. And I'm like sitting there and I'm figuring out, it's like, all right, by 60 hours and uh, you you work 60 hours. Uh, no, I'm playing a game where I want to make that in a day. Like we're playing different games. I want to, I want to make more. I want to play a bigger game. So the funny thing that happened is right around the five year mark, when we hit that success point, when my now fiance and I are over there and now all of a sudden we're doing really well and we've taken the risks and we're living the life that we want to live. All of those same people now that we're, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And in all fairness, it does come from a place of, of 
love. Like a lot of people, I think entrepreneurs especially, will get that misconception that like, oh, these people don't understand me and they don't care about me and you know this, this, and that. No, they just they just don't understand you. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Like they're giving you advice because they care about you. But now those same people look up to what we did rather than throw rocks at it. And it's really funny to see like, I have a couple of friends in particular um, and they're um, really close friends of mine. And it's like, I make double what they make because I didn't follow rules. Right. And, and that's the thing. Life begins outside your comfort out. zone, right? Yeah. You, you yeah. got to stick it out, but you have to have, if you don't have that like resilience, like you have to, you have to really be willing to go all in with stuff. Exactly. I absolutely but, love that. Tom, I think I, I'm certain actually that we could talk about all of this for hours, but I want to make sure oh, yeah. <laughs> that I respect your time and the time of our listeners. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your incredible perspective about all of this. Honestly, like it's a lesson that I think entrepreneurs really need to take to heart, right? Like I, I, I just, I'm definitely going to be thinking about that for, for, for some time. Like, you know, like, there's the best way to do it, and then you try to find the better way to do the it. Better, yeah, absolutely. Always try to find the better way. Ah, that is amazing. Uh, so, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. For people who are interested in you and in all the work you're doing, and maybe they want to learn more about you, mm-hmm. uh, where can they do so? Where can they find you? All right. So, um, I have an OnlyFans. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you can That's... go to TomCampConsulting.com. <laughs> Okay. Now, now what's funny is I'm realizing that there's probably a whole sea of podcasts out there where someone's actually <laughs> legitimately promoting that. <laughs> I, yeah, I think probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's TomCampConsulting.com. Um, that's my website. You can go on there. You can add me on Facebook. Follow me, Tom Camp, C-A-M-P, like camping. So, Cool. All right. That's awesome. Um, I'll link all of that up in the show notes. Um, cool. so I encourage everyone to check that out. Um, everyone listening, check that out in more detail. And again, Tom, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So, again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.